Hey folks, uh, we're happy that you enjoyed the podcast and we know that we talk about dark subjects and oftentimes our humor can get a little bit uh, dark about that, but we want you to know that we don't take it lightly and we actually really care about you. And if you're dealing with suicidal thoughts right now, we would prefer that you contact the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255. That's 1-800-273-TALK. Uh, they're great people. They have the resources that can help uh, you get through it. And we prefer that you talk to mental health professionals uh, if you're truly dealing with some dark thoughts right now. And we're really happy that you're with us. So thank you for staying with us. You know just what to do when Yeah, Dave, oh. I'm good to go. <laughs> well, I think we're going. All systems ready. Aristotle's on the ones and twos. We're doing this deep Southern voice, this this exact style of Southern deep. accent, because because Hampton here is going to be in Virginia. I'm on soon. the DJ Dr. Phil tour. <laughs> I'm bringing all the good vibes to the South. More like Dr. Pills. <laughs> <laughs> He's wearing like a cat in the hat type of hat. Hey, you I'm Doctor Pills. All, I'm Doctor Pills. <laughs> <laughs> you? What do you mean, cashew outside? <laughs> when you tell me as a ten year old to suck your Glock and eat bullets, what does that mean? <laughs> That's so fucking funny when that little girl became famous just for calling him stupid to his face. <laughs> just be like, you suck. I don't like Do you. Imagine this. I, what if I kissed a girl and I liked it? Was mm-hmm. it a Dr. Phil quote? <laughs> I kissed a girl and I liked it. I'll be honest with you folks. Uh, I kissed a girl and I liked it. And I liked it. it. I liked it. I liked it just fine. It was cool, man. I got to practice the Southern accents. Uh, Yeah, I'll be in uh, Wilmington, North Carolina, September 6th and 7th. And a new date I'm adding in Richmond, Virginia, September 8th. Uh, So get those tickets at HamptonYunt.com. And then... Dave and I, together, in New York City, September 11th. Uh, Keep buying those tickets, folks. They might add on a second show if we're good boys and we sell those tickets. But we probably won't, you know, because we're failures. That's why we have the number one suicide podcast in this apartment. We better be the number one suicide podcast. We are the only one. Uh, Hampton, come on, man. We are not failures. We are on the come up. I heard that. Hey, dude. You were on the come up. (laughs) I heard after the pills, you're coming up finally. You're coming up. Yeah, dude. I'm the uppers. The come down (laughs) sucks, though, dude. It hurts, y'all. Has anyone ever actually gotten life advice from Dr. Phil? Yeah, have you seen the show? He feels like he's in between like games of golf, like whenever he talks Ooh, to people. I, yeah, man, it's like, a guy who never had a hairline. I, I, you know what I mean? I imagine him as a baby. Uh, well, he wasn't a bald baby, but he did have hair on the sides. <laughs> he had Danny DeVito hair yeah. at a baby's age. Ah, hey, oh, jeez. By the way, this is Suicide Buddies. I'm Dave Ross. Don't interrupt. You okay? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's Suicide Buddies. I'm Hampton Yunt. And uh, this is a pod- uh, mental health comedy podcast where we joke around about really fucking dark shit. So if you hear that and it's your first time listening, it's not because we think your pain is funny. It's because we think our pain is funny. Dark shit, like a baby born with hair <laughs> yeah, on its side yeah, of its totally. And people talking like this. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I'm what's really the when? What are your Wilmington dates? Uh, September 6th and 7th. And, and then, then the 8th Rich- is in Richmond? Yeah, Richmond, Virginia, September 8th. We were just talking about how uh, I'm going to... Hampton just put this together, so and I, so I just found out about it. But uh, I'm going to introduce him to some comedian friends I have in Richmond, and hopefully they'll work together. I didn't know there was a scene in Richmond. Basically. I didn't know this until Dave... So Dave Stone emailed me, like, I don't know, a year before... 
Chris Charpentier and I, uh, we did a tour together last year where we like went all the way through the South together. And um, when I was doing that, I remember Dave Stone had emailed me and been like, literally the email was like, go to Richmond and work with Marcelo Rodriguez. He I is did. great. He is funny. The shows are amazing. And he was right, man. Marcelo, what's up, dude? I don't know if you listen. What's up, dude? <laughs> dude, you got to go to Richmond. The comedy scene, it's its a Civil War reenactment, but it's funny, dude. <laughs> like, they do it right. Like There's, like, props. That's and- what's fucked up about <laughs> Richmond. I mean, I was only there for a day, but, but Marcelo was so cool that he, like... He like showed us around the town. He gave us a lot of hit. He knows so much about the history of the place. And then we did a great show. Uh, but he like hmm. he was telling us about the town, and it's funny. Like it's such an arty town. There's a cool downtown. There are sh- like music shows everywhere. I could literally just walk oh, yeah. by bars, and there'd be bands playing. Bands always go through Richmond too. Every open, every possible space had a fucking mural on it to the point where like. By the next morning, I was like, all right, <laughs> that's enough with the fucking art. Uh, it's so much murals. And then Marcelo would just tell me like, yeah, you know, right over there is a statue and the fucking Nazis had a rally there. And <laughs> oh I was like, God. oh my God. Dude. <laughs> dude, I'm bringing the statues back. I'm going on tour through the South, bringing my own statues, putting them up. All through the South, mostly Rocky statues. Ro- hell yeah, I'm bringing good. Rocky to bring, Wilmington. Bring a little bit of Philly to Richmond. <laughs> yeah, I feel like his legacy is growing a little bit beyond Philadelphia. I want to make him a little wor- Mr. Worldwide. Eliza Skinner's from Richmond. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Well, I'm from Virginia. I talk with her all the time. But, Eliza's from uh, Virginia, though. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, well, uh, a couple episodes back scene. when we were talking about mass shootings, I didn't want to have a bunch of state pride, but I did go to Virginia Tech, folks. Oh, wow. <laughs> Woo, I win. <laughs> Is, are you the Virginia Tech shooter? I can't really talk about it, but I basically blamed this kid. <laughs> For a bunch of bad shit I did. <laughs> oh, God, don't tell anybody. Anybody who listens to the podcast, please don't tell me. Don't we, tell me I'm a mess shooner. So, yeah, we joke around about really dark stuff. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, I had a good one about mass shooting. Uh, oh, good. Recently. Well, it was like the joke is uh, they're, they always talk about active shooters, uh-huh. but they never talk about inactive shooters. You That's know, we got to get those guys motivated. Go That's outside. That's true, yeah. dude. <laughs> I dude. think. <laughs> Yeah, like people who have resting shooter face. <laughs> Which, by the way, a oh lot of white guys God. do. You know Holy those, those white guys you hang out with yes. and they just look at you and their face just goes, ah! Oh, every Democratic presidential candidate has... John <laughs> Kerry has resting shooter face. Absolutely, dude. Bill Clinton didn't, but Al Gore certainly does. Anyone who doesn't commit sexual assault, <laughs> I think... I, I think mm-hmm. an inactive shooter, and I've had time to mm-hmm. think about it now, uh, mm-hmm. is basically where you're just like, I wish everyone was dead, but I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> you're just, like, I feel like I maybe am an inactive shooter. <laughs> I, that's oh, my I thing. Is all the time I'm like, I wish I was dead. I wish they were dead. Just, I don't have to... I don't want to drive and go get a gun. Yeah, dude. Car. It's hot. I don't want to do that. <laughs> yeah, it's like... I mean, I would, but I'm like... 40 miles from the nearest bell tower. I'm going to be the first mass shooter in a rascal scooter. (laughs) The most inactive shooter possible. It's time to play shooter or scooter. (laughs) All right. Over the course of the next few photos, you're going to tell us which one shoots up schools and which one is a bird scooter. (laughs) Why won't Comedy Central meet with us? Why are they hanging up when I call them? Dude, I, it's funny you say that because I, I so relate to what you're saying about an inactive shooter. And I really do think like like you just can get pulled in different ways in your life. I was talking to my buddy Jeremy recently about how like if things had gone the wrong way for me, I so could have been an incel. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> totally, man. Oh. But, like when I was really mm. young, I was like really Definitely. afraid of talking to girls and shit. Yeah. And uh, had if I hadn't found punk... But if instead I had found like a grumpy fucking gamer who was like, "This none of this is your fault." 
So we got to be a positive influence. If is I had my met point. like a skater boy, who yeah, turned me who into said a "see you later, ma- boy," turned me into a mass shooter, <laughs> being all "see you later, boys." <laughs> I mean, now I hear you. I, you can definitely condition anyone to be however yeah. you want. You got to be give a them enough uh, <laughs> positive influence. Just man. beat it into them. Uh, you know what you need to do? You need to beat your kids. <laughs> yeah, dude. This is the Dr. Pill Dr. comedy Pill. tour I'm doing. My God. Leg up on the stool. Beat your kids. I think we're going to, I'm going to, I need to clarify something. That's, this is a joke we make on the podcast a lot. We say, you got to beat your kids. And the reason we say it is that that's a trope in stand up. In bad stand up. Literally, comics sure. do it. All the time. Yeah. I can't believe it. Why would you make the why not make the whole plane out of the black box? Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I actually going back to your inactive show. Y'all ever thing, eat ass. <laughs> <laughs> that's the new y'all ever eat ass is the new you gotta be your kids. <laughs> y'all ever eat your kids' ass? <laughs> <laughs> you gotta you have to eat your kids. <laughs> <laughs> like going through his notes. Uh, I'm struggling. Um, I was thinking this. Okay, mm-hmm. hear me out. What if mm-hmm. we cut off mm-hmm. small pieces of our ass, mm-hmm. cook it, and eat that? Okay. And then it's just like a new way to eat ass. <laughs> <laughs> Where you? <laughs> oh, you're like a real gourmand. Like I eat at, Yeah, I you're eat ass it. for dinner. You're doing it like Bobby Flay style. <laughs> Hey, who out there eats ass but for dinner? Yeah. You know? <laughs> like a- when you're hungry. Ass. It's what's for dinner. <laughs> yeah. The uh, ass, the other white meat. Yeah, I don't know, right? Like, <laughs> how long could you survive eating your own body if you could, like, mm. numb it and then... Um, well, I got a big big ass. <laughs> <laughs> so I think I could survive a winter. <laughs> yeah. That's a perfect bite mark on your ass. <laughs> uh, yeah. I can also oh, contort my body amazing. in such a way that I can reach my ass with my mouth. <laughs> So first I suck my dick till I come, and then I eat chunks of my ass. Anyway, you go. Further. I'm single. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. Why swipe right when you can meet Mister Swipe right now? What, oh, Mister wow. What, Mister Right, Mister Swipe Right, Mister Swipe Right now. You it's swipe, swipe right or Mister Right? Do you swipe? <laughs> huh? Do you swipe? Are you swiping, dude? I am seeing someone now. <gasps> is a ghost? Is are they in the room? Her name is Georgia. <laughs> Whoa! Dude! Number three rule of the podcast. Do not F my wife. <laughs> number three. What are number one and two? Drink water. Drink water. <laughs> Do push-ups. Don't fuck my wife. <laughs> Hampton's helpful. Hint number three. <laughs> Don't fuck my wife. <laughs> I have wow. a very special set of skills. <laughs> you fucked my wife. <laughs> I will find you. I will um, track you down, and I will fuck you. I'm at the very beginning of a thing. Who knows if it'll be a thing? But I've, we've been doing it long enough for me to say I'm in a thing. You know, it's like six or seven dates, but it's nice. So I have, I'm not swiping because of that. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, break your fingers. Show real commitment. <laughs> cut, your, yeah, cut your two fingers off like in ancient Greece. Yeah. Proof, yeah, in ancient Greece, when they wanted to stop using Tinder, they would cut, they would their, cut their thumbs off so they would know I'm married. <laughs> yeah, so when Sparta would march through Athens, they would give a thumbs up to be like, we're going to fuck your wives. <laughs> Uh, suddenly the Coliseum games you couldn't go, you know, because your wife uh, yeah. <laughs> can't give the thumbs up or thumbs down. I'm just showing him a stump. <laughs> no, no uh, Oh, I was going to say earlier about your inactive shooter thing. It's funny how hard I relate to that feeling. I, Please I, don't steal my bit. I, okay. <laughs> no, 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 no. You're right. Uh, no, I, I wrote a tweet years ago that I think is true. <laughs> the tweet is just... Uh, uh, I know I seem really nice, but if I were even a little more confident, I would have killed like five people by now. <laughs> and I do That's think a great. lot of us That's are awesome. kept down by our anxiety disorders. And I, 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 <laughs> Is that why you didn't achieve like a mass shooter? Yeah. Never yeah, achieved. that's why I'm just a comedian. 
I'll never be a shooter. Uh, All the right, uh, you know, mental anxieties happen to you to make you the perfect Dave Ross. Thank you, Hampton. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I I don't want a Dave that's had more yellings at him. (laughs) I don't know what. Or less. (laughs) Or less. Yeah, what are we going for here? Yeah, I think, think, yeah. No, I was actually just saying, Jake Weissman and I uh, met recently, and we were talking about our mental health, because we always do, and... uh, and I said, I didn't even know that I felt this way, but I, but I do. I was, he was like, how are you doing with your head? And I was like, you know what? I'm good, man. I'm, I'm working on it still. And at this point, I'm focusing on getting rid of like managing my depression. And I would really like my depression to be gone, but I don't want to get rid of my anxiety. Mm-hmm. I would like to manage it and for it to be less for sure. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't be the same person without it. It really is wow. a big part of me. Well, that's definitely healthy. Yeah. You've reached that level now. Yeah. The final level of acceptance. Finally. I need my anxiety to some degree. I've reached the top level. <laughs> and I'm going to remember that you said this. Uh, you, you all heard it, folks. Hampton just said, I'm the best. <laughs> Dave won the podcast. It's weird that it's been a competition this whole time. Oh, my album is out. Oh, and shit. you should buy it. Oh, it's, it's so good. Oh, I was thank listening you. to it the other day. Really? Thank yeah, you, man. Yeah, of course, man. It was awesome. I mean, it's great. It's funny. Like, I was telling people out. yesterday, <laughs> yesterday was the first time I went out after, uh, well, because it was the day after it came out. Spoiler, we're pre-recording. Sorry. Uh, and um, it's funny. Like, you, I'm sure you can relate to this. I, like, worked so hard on the album, promoting the shows, filling him up. Uh, running the material, we're getting it recorded, and then like making sure it sounded good and editing right and making the art and then getting a label and getting it promoted and promoting it on this podcast yeah. and publicly yeah. and going out and promoting it on other shows that it literally had never one time occurred to me that people would listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> that is so funny. And then people yes. are like, hey, I listened to it. And I'm like, why? Hey, what's that? <laughs> Uh, bit you do about my tiny dick? <laughs> no, I, I I oddly do have that, and Georgia's had that, where it's like we put out material, and then we've had what I'm talking about, where like sometimes people are like, "Hey, um, <laughs> what's up?" <laughs> we're like, "Oh shit, I I forgot at the year long process of putting out this album. I didn't <laughs> think about other people." <laughs> there Never are occurred to us. One thing, one of the things I'm really proud of with the record is I. Yeah, it's it. I don't know if I think it feels like. Um, I don't know. You get a good picture of what who I am and what my friends are. Like I name check you and Eli Olsberg and Corey Lakasic and maybe even more people. The first thing I talk about on the show is you, on the album is you. Oh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I was like I guess there was no editing. <laughs> I guess he just went in. <laughs> no, went the I raw, the raw cut. <laughs> honestly, uh, no, I edited a lot. It was just so. Well, that was okay, right? Yeah, I figured yeah. it would. It, yeah, of course. I kind of was like, you know what? A lot of people are going to hear that and then want to check out my stuff. <laughs> I, th- I guess Dave in a lo- in a really cool way shouted well, me out, and I really did feel that. Okay, good. Uh, because I heard it. I mean, I listened to that one. I was like, wait, what the? And then I was like, oh, cool. Like, you I, know, like, you know, I'm sorry. Thank you. And I'm glad you liked it. But I'm sorry you even had to go through that first moment of that first trauma. Thank you. Because... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, because I like should have told you a lot. I, if you haven't heard it yet, the first thing I said in the album is I'd like to thank Hampton Yunt for running the light. <laughs> and and here's here's the thing. I was pretty positive that context was created that that yeah. was obviously a joke it is funny that comedians that's the language yes. that we say to each other you know what i mean like it'd be weird if you didn't say that yeah and then it's like when you sometimes are like i i wonder if other people think i'm meaner <laughs> you know or like yeah. or something like that then you know the way we talk to each other if I, I think if like the way i talked to jake wiseman those texts ever got out like i would be ruined oh absolutely i would absolutely have no career <laughs> I'm invoking um, traumas on other people. <laughs> well, still, I'm sorry if that hurt your feelings for even a moment. Because I, I really thought it was so funny, and also Too you far from it. Okay, good. Because you also didn't run the light, and I think that was clear that I was just yeah talking. <laughs> it was also that most of the record. I did two shows, and most of the recording was taken from the first show. But you opened for me the second show, and like I ripped some in the first one. And that stuff got laughs too, but I was I was like, you know what? This is me talking about my friend 
and everyone knows we're friends. And so I really just liked, and you can hear that the second show, one of the differences was that the first show was full with like, there were some comics, but it was mostly non-comics. The second mm. show, it was mostly comedians in the crowd. Really? Yeah. And so you can hear Georgia laughing when <laughs> I say that. Uh, oh, dude, I'll tell her to shut up when I get home. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's I'll what t- I meant. Yeah. <laughs> dude, oh, she's got it coming. Uh, I also like using so funny. Co- comedy language. That like it, You have to kind of know what I mean when I say run the light. Not everyone knows what run the light means. Oh, true. So it's like cool... In that way, to a me. lot of times people don't even know what a microphone is, and they're, yeah. they're confused why my, my voice is so loud. That's true. That's true, dude. The audiences, <laughs> audiences are dumb. Yeah, you know, guys, you dumb idiots, yeah. come see me, Wilmington, North Carolina, <laughs> Richmond, yeah. all the dumb dates. September 11th, dumbest See Hampton, uh, Friday, September 6th, and Friday, and Saturday, September 7th in Wilmington. Sunday, September 8th in Richmond, Virginia. See us both September 11th in New York. Buy my album, The Only Man Who Has Ever Had Sex, at www.sex.guns.beer. And let's talk about some suicides, huh? <laughs> okay. That was pretty good, right? Yeah, I like yeah. that. Let's do that. Um, we're going to do some more attempts this week. Uh-oh, we're <laughs> in trouble. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we'll be okay. back with that after this ad for pants. Whoa. Doesn't matter what they say, cause I'm gonna get my way. If I don't wanna go. That's right. I, uh, I forgot. That uh, attempts is Hampton's mind blowers. Yes, it is me being easily surprised <laughs> <laughs> and reacting to things like a child would. I wouldn't say that it's easily because the stories were pretty crazy, and some of them, some of them in the past, I like did a lot of build up and then mm-hmm. said the name, and it didn't blow your mind. Yeah, you know? it turned out it was Oprah the whole time. <laughs> that one was pretty one? crazy. That was insane. Princess Diana is pretty crazy. Yeah, these are all people who attempted suicide. And uh, not to be callous about that, but it really was an, an interesting angle to take for an episode, uh, you know? Yeah. It's like people you just never would think, and maybe are deified to a point, like Martin Luther King. Martin uh, Luther Jr. King, we, yeah, yeah, especially that one. Yeah, I especially like doing these episodes and talking about people who you perceive as having their shit together in one form or another. Probably like gods in our society, yeah. almost. You know what I mean? Like, they're dead, they're beyond, except for Oprah, beyond reproach. <laughs> yeah. Actually, we we don't really know if Oprah's... Alive. Alive. We don't know if dead. Princess Di is dead, and we don't know if Oprah's alive. <laughs> Dude, it is funny. Um, sorry to go back into the Epstein stuff one more time. We don't know if he's... Epstein's dead, <laughs> and then that Coke brother died. Yeah. And I loved just posting, I was like... Two like as Rorschach <laughs> Titans. <laughs> two Ro- I posted up a, a photo of Rorschach. <laughs> I was like, two billionaire pedophiles dead within a month of each other. Who has eyes on Oprah right now? <laughs> 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 It'd be so great if this was all like a ring of billionaires slowly dying off, and like we're just like, oh, Oprah slipped in the tub. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> you know, oh, that's odd. Whoa! Wow. <laughs> That's crazy. Wait, so you're calling Oprah a billionaire pedophile? I like to call every billionaire a pedophile. <laughs> oh, got it. Yeah, yeah. And also some comics who are more successful than me. Right. <laughs> really anyone who's doing well. <laughs> really just trying to see what sticks. Yeah, <laughs> totally. But, um, no, uh, I think we've discussed on previous episodes that sometimes I just feel like if you are a billionaire, like something, there must be something. You had some to skeleton. cheat a little. You had to cut some corners. Some skeleton. And sometimes cutting corners is fucking kids. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Um, so we're doing, in, uh, we're, uh, we're doing an episode about famous people who attempted suicide. And the way I frame it is I'll like say what happened and then who it is. And my goal is to blow Hampton's mind. Uh, dude, not today. You're not. I'm not gonna get not you today, dude. Okay. I've been turning off my brain all day. <laughs> oh, good. I've been thinking about farts since I woke up. <laughs> and I actually believe you because the thing is, like, the reason we haven't done an attempts episode in a long time is that there are a lot of there. Truly, there are a lot of celebrities throughout history who have attempted suicide, and the reason for that is that just a lot of people have mental health issues and depression and anxiety. Mm-hmm. And so it, 
it would, you know, it makes sense that famous people go through that too. Also, there are a lot of stressors in celebrity life. And also there are a lot of things uh, that have to do with mental health issues that drive you to want attention and want to be an artist and things like that. Yeah, there's plenty of fields of work that have like high yeah. suicide rates. I Absolutely, think being yeah. a doctor does. And being an activist, being a businessman, like truly. I mean, life is hard, I think is the point. <laughs> um, oh, come with it now. And uh, a lot of us have <laughs> depression. So, yeah, but... Yeah, we've done a lot of the mind blowers already. Martin Luther King, he did. He attempted suicide when he was 12 years old. Oprah, we have to specify Junior. Junior. Yeah, <laughs> totally. <laughs> Martin Luther King Jr. tried to kill himself by jumping off his house, uh, jumping off the roof of his house when he was 12. Oprah attempted suicide. Who are some of the other big ones? Mike Wallace from 60 Minutes oh, yeah. attempted suicide. Uh, Johnny Cash attempted suicide. By trying to get lost in a cave. I'm lost in a cave. <laughs> and then well, the hey. most annoying thing about that story is that he didn't die, but he did find Christ. And I, it's just like... <laughs> he, be- he became, he became Batman. <laughs> yeah. I guess I'm going to take revenge on Gotham City. <laughs> And tonight it ain't looking and so that's damn when pretty. She looked deep into my eyes and said... Why so serious? <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. getting lost in a cave—that's a pretty metal way to fucking it's kill so yourself. So crazy, dude. dude. Um, so all yeah, right. I, I, I can't wait, man. Okay, so all I am going to do these all in that format, except for the first one. I'm just going to say, okay, Vanilla Ice has attempted suicide a bunch of times, oh. a bunch of times, and it's like I can't do the Aristotle. <laughs> He's laughing. Aristotle. <laughs> Dude, a little professionalism here. <laughs> I'm keeping my shit together. You hear Vanilla Ice and you start giggling. Yeah. Why? Why? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Because he's cooler than ice. So it's hard to do it to like Ninja going through too. the Blowing Hampton's Mind format because uh, it's like the story isn't that crazy he literally what happened is his career started to wane and then he tried to kill himself twice he took a bunch of sleeping pills it sucks yeah uh and then later in life like in the 2000 so that happened in 1994 he tried to overdose twice and then later in the 2000s there was this 911 call where he's like talking to the 911 operator about how it's over and he's gonna kill himself and then you in the background you can hear his wife yelling i want a divorce oh. it's like the most on the nose wow and yeah here's the thing you can say aw and yes that sucks but also he's been to jail for domestic abuse and all <laughs> yeah, this shit yeah, like, <laughs> like that doesn't seem like an outlier he hit his like wife that. he's been through all these problems the reason i bring him up is I mean, I guess it's interesting to know that Vanilla Ice attempted suicide, but the article I read, I bring this up specifically for you, Hampton. The article I read had one line. It's like, the article went like this. Vanilla Ice, a te- uh, 911 call. He seems to want to kill himself again. There were two attempted suicides in 1994. He's been to jail for domestic abuse, domestic uh-huh. violence for, uh, you know, I don't know, reckless endangerment he tried to hurt multiple people i don't know drug and alcohol abuse and then there's this line it just goes like this ice ice crazy (laughs) (laughs) i was like is this a hampton bit (laughs) it seems like something you wrote did weird al write this headline (laughs) why would you write why would you write that oh my god Ice, ice craze. It's literally like, hey, chief, uh, what do you think about this headline? Uh, it's good. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Definitely run with that. Definitely. It's ice, about him ice beating crazy? his wife, <laughs> dude. Should we run with it, man? This is a good uh, time to point out. Okay, if you're someone who's like Vanilla Ice and you're feeling, you know, low, reach out to the Ninja Turtles in your life <laughs> and have a pizza party. Yeah, and you know, talk more about- like Ninja Ninja crap. You know. <laughs> It says he drowned his daughter? More like ninja, ninja crap. (laughs) It's like, 
guys. <laughs> I get he had a song. There's you, <laughs> serious victims here. <laughs> yeah, You're man. You're trivializing. See, that's the problem. I We mentioned Vanilla Ice and Aristotle starts <laughs> losing his laughing. fucking mind. All right, well, let's go to the next one. Uh, a little man called Urkel tried to kill himself. You think that's funny, Aristotle? You think it's funny that Urkel tried to kill himself? He, t- he tried to choke himself by making a clone of Stefan or Kel that would choke him out and fuck him to death. Did you know that Vanilla Ice's name is Rob Van Winkle? Hell <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. There's a great, dude, great. there's a really great Bloodhound Gang song called Boom, <laughs> where the first verse Pretty is nice. Jimmy Papa Lee from Bloodhound Gang, and uh, the second verse is Vanilla Ice. Okay. And you can tell when you listen to it that they <laughs> told Vanilla Ice this is a serious hardcore rap song. <laughs> because, like, uh, oh no, maybe Va- he got no. really into like rap metal. Basically, he did. You know, and uh, Vanilla Ice, I, I flipped way. it. Vanilla Ice is the first verse, and so you listen to it, and it's him being like, <laughs> him just being like, uh, "I'm on Prozac. That shit's whack. I'll fucking kill you." You know what I mean? And then the next verse is Jimmy Papa, Jimmy Papa Lee being like, "Hey, what's up, Bloodhound <laughs> Gang? Yay, <laughs> Rob Van Winkle. What's up, dude? <laughs> Titties, beer. Yeah, it's. Uh, wow. I love that song." What a hot collab. Mm-hmm. I, I know. Can't, I can't believe they both got in the studio. <laughs> How did they get both of them in the room? Yeah, it's not about them being legends. I'm more just like, you know, motor functions. How did both of them stay sober enough to literally get in the studio? Yeah. Well, I <laughs> can't believe the there place. was a period of time during which both of them could talk. <laughs> all right, let's get, let's do this. Well, dude. I was on Vanilla Ice's side until all the domestic abuse stuff of course and then i'm just like man you got deeper issues and uh well i mean when it comes down to it it's uh the guy needs help man and uh yeah the the shit it's the fucked up thing about talking about this is it's complicated uh hurting other people is where i start to not be on your side that's where i draw the line dude yeah And it's also hurting yourself it. is bad. I, don't do that. That's what this whole podcast I'm is. Brave, about. I'll say it. <laughs> That's what this whole podcast is about. And so, like, yeah, it's just tough, dude. It's like tough to talk about because mm-hmm. I don't think it's okay to hit your wife. Not even close. All right. Well, Screech tried to kill himself. <laughs> I guess that's the next one. <laughs> I don't know. I guess I'm just saying, like, I don't know. I, it's just tough. I. It's because I never want to say, well, fuck him about anyone who's mm-hmm. going through mental health issues, but obviously then he's hurting other people. So fuck that. Yeah, exactly. Like if, if you're listening to this and you're at your lowest and you feel yourself having hurt other people and you might do it again, just go get help. Call, call the suicide prevention hotline, call anyone, reach out to friends. People will talk to you, you know? Yeah. Just before like, don't anything hurt goes people, violent. Please. Yeah. I mean, yeah. For the love of God. Okay, uh, this guy was born in 1948, and basically immediately his childhood was awful. Um, His mother was a singer, and his father was a drunk who just beat the shit out of his mother regularly. Uh, This is literally... So it like... At a very young age, he just started lashing out and being violent. Mm. This is true. Age seven, this guy would organize what he later called hanging squads at school. He would like gather his friends and they would like bully kids into coming into the bathroom with them and make nooses and fucking hang these kids. Ah, kids. Yeah, yeah. Kids with their pranks. It's a noose squad. Kids kill the (laughs) darndest kids. Oh, Uh, you parents are going to laugh. Your children have formed a mini KKK. (laughs) It's mini KKK. Unreal, right? It's lowercase KKK. He would get in literal (laughs) gang fights at school, and they would fight with fireplace pokers and meat cleavers. Oh, yes. He tried to (laughs) drown a kid in a fight once. This is in his teen years. Uh, So then um, at age 14... Uh, one day, he made a noose out of his mother's clothing line, uh, tied it to a metal gate outside his house, put a chair underneath it, put the noose around his neck, and jumped. Whoa. But his father found him and like stopped him from killing himself. And then the way that his father reacted to him attempting suicide was he beat the shit out of him. Yikes. And that was Ozzy Osbourne. <laughs> I know. I, it, what's so funny about that one is it's like, oh. yes, it was. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. 
<laughs> Correct. Uh, yeah, it's like you won the point. That's it's, oh my god. It's so insane. Holy shit. Yeah, that dude. guy created metal? <laughs> Can you believe? Can you believe that guy? Uh there's created a biography metal. written about him and in the biography they talk about how like wow. he wow. he after that happened he became a serial thief. He would just like rob people's houses and shit all the time. He ended up going to jail for it, mm-hmm. and he almost beat someone to death in jail with a bedpan, <laughs> like the shit. thing you shit in. Yeah. A guy attacked him, and he just like fucking slammed him over the head with this metal toilet. Toilet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ozzy beat someone almost to mm-hmm. death with a toilet, and then after that, yeah. he dropped out of school and he got a job at a uh, at a slaughterhouse where he killed two hundred and fifty cattle, dude. And I then love it, this man. In the biography, <laughs> the biographer was like... I am in love with this man. The, in the biography, the biographer was like, uh-huh. and yeah, that job uh, gave him uh, gave him a newfound interest in, in dying animals. <laughs> and it's just like, wow. <laughs> yeah, uh, that experience really turned on a switch. In the back of his head, a little light bulb went off that said, hey, mur- animal murder. Or animal death. <laughs> Holy fuck. Let's explore this. That's amazing. And so, yeah, anyway, it's Dude. very surprising that that guy later in life bit the head off a bat. Yeah, we were kinda, <laughs> we had like a weird conversation once about Ozzy Osbourne, and I was saying like, I think he is smart. He's just melted his brain. I think he's just smart at being Ozzy Osbourne. Oh, I see. Like You're right. All I this think. shit yeah. I'm hearing is just like, dude, of course he, <laughs> yeah. like all of it just tracks. Yeah. It's like, it's such a perfect story that yeah. it's kind of like, yeah, this guy's like a, Mac, like a genius. Like he, yeah. he created his life. <laughs> like right. it, it, he, he manifested I know, it's entity, interesting. You know? Like he managed, wow, he did spin all of that horror into something that worked for him at least in some way and for other people like it's a positive thing for a lot of people i know but then on the other hand Mm -hmm. while i was reading about this i found out that sharon osborne has attempted suicide three times oh no i know isn't that horrible really yeah that sucks she just came out with this i think this year uh i uh just was watching an interview with her she like was on with howard stern with uh icp she was whoa. like having a back and forth with the same clown <laughs> bossy because they were like sharon's a bitch like <laughs> what? She, she like didn't pay us or something or like dropped out of like some concert that like she was managing oh that's right some she's band. ozzy's manager she yeah. was yeah she was managing some other uh band i think it was called cold chamber or something oh i know cold something chamber, insane yeah. and uh yeah like they were like Oh, she's a bitch. They were like trying to create PR and it was really funny to watch her. And I was like, she's a savant. She's a badass, dude. um, Exactly. Mm -hmm. She like kind of like made them just look like idiots. Like in no, at no point was like, oh, I'm a bitch. Like she didn't lose her cool or anything. Yeah, no, she was like just making them look like idiots. She made them look like clowns. Huh. (laughs) That's insane. (laughs) These fully grown men in clown makeup. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, I I just remember seeing that recently and being like, she's cool because like at the time she was like way more, uh, I guess you would say overweight and they were Uh just to her face being like, you are unfuckable and fat and ugly and like, and like you're lucky to be with Ozzy and like, she's just like turning it around on them and like making them look like idiots. (laughs) Good for her. And it's just like so funny. She's like, I'll crush you with my checkbook. You fucking bug. (laughs) Wow. Like that level of shit. Like you mean, nothing to me she's like <laughs> clowning them about like how much money they make to their faces <laughs> wow <laughs> like ripping apart their masculinity wow completely. good for her I mean yeah no, I mean, and I was like man she's always been cool this is a woman who like yeah managed one of the most troubled husbands of all time and his weird <laughs> band and then Shit, like masterminded sad. a reality TV show while creating and managing a festival that's probably the biggest music festival in the history of music festivals. I guess that's why it's almost more of a mind blower about Sharon. I didn't know yeah. that. I didn't know she had attempted suicide. I couldn't find specifics about the suicides is why I didn't do her. Wow. Otherwise, I totally would have, because yeah. <laughs> she had uh, three suicides. Her children. Nice. Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Fuck Jack, Jack. Kelly, and then Loser. the other one. <laughs> the other one, yeah. The other who, one, off camera. Yeah, I uh, love that. That there, was cool. there was an Osborne sister who didn't want 
to be in the show and they respected that that's cool yeah. man that show made and like broke the mold of like celebrity reality tv yeah they didn't mean for it to be that way but it really is like ozzy is like homer simpson yes like he's like i a sandwich and now my tummy's full <laughs> and they're like yep yeah <laughs> i yes. guess that's ozzy's problem today <laughs> he ate a sandwich that was too big um all right, this next one's going to be a little weird. Uh, you'll see why after. So it's going to be pretty quick. Uh, 16 years old, this guy attempted suicide. He was still in high school, 16 years old. He came in second place in a swim meet and then tried to kill himself by overdosing on pills. And that was Greg Luganus. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And here's, the, here's why it's a weird one. I lied a little bit. The swim meet was <laughs> the Olympics. Whoa. <laughs> Literally, dude, Greg Luganis got the silver medal in diving in the Olympics when he was oh. in high school, and he was like, I didn't get the gold, and tried to fucking die. The Olympic medal in high school? He got a silver Olympic medal in diving while he was in high school, and that wasn't enough for him, and he tried to fucking kill himself. Woof. Just think about <laughs> our careers, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I all I all that made me think was, dude, he's my favorite swimmer. <laughs> it's hard to have one, but I have. <laughs> it's like him and then. Dude, he's had a hard life. Wasn't he like famously he smacked his head on the diving board or something? Oh, I, that I actually don't know. Yeah, I think he like hit his head at some point, and like it was became like a you know dumb celeb story. Like, I mean, he has had a difficult life. Like he. <laughs> He is openly gay and was openly gay in the 80s and was diagnosed HIV positive right before the 1988 Olympics. He's awesome, dude. I was reading about him and he's like, he is very active when it comes to mental health awareness. He's one of those people that in the 90s in interviews started being like, uh, depression is a real thing. Suicide is a problem that we have to manage. He's also really big in uh, gay rights activism. And there's this great quote. Um, his husband, his husband's name is Johnny Chilot, Chilo, C-H-A-I-L-L-O-T. This is a direct quote from his husband who was talking to someone in crisis that they were trying to help. His husband said, you've seen a lot of things, but the one thing you haven't seen is tomorrow. Wow. And that's like, could be the tagline of this podcast. <laughs> Just said a lot more eloquent. Just said a lot more eloquently than we would say it, you know? It's like saying glad you're alive, but you're not but you're not an idiot like we are. <laughs> yeah, can we buy that? Yeah, let's call him. For our branded our branded content? Dude, I wasn't uh, wrong. He, yeah, he hit his head at the Olympics Jesus. like on the diving board. Fuck, dude. That's kind of why I think he got like so much extra like media attention because it became like a Lorena Bobbitt type of like right. dumb joke story, which is like the Lorena Bobbitt story. You look into that story, it's horrific. Yeah. Like there's she so, cut his dick off. And he was like a spouse <laughs> abuser. Like yes. yeah, was that was like, the reason she did it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and people were like, eh, you know, it's, And everyone's it like, what a bitch. Like, no, it's, it's, it's know, such exactly. a nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> It's like um, all, but he doesn't know, want a corn dog. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, totally. Just all the, the jokes, tip, right? all the jokes that I make for money on stage. <laughs> um, the thing that the Greg Luganis story really made me think it was like it made me think about Ken Griffey Jr., who was another person we talked mm. about in an earlier episode oh, who tried yeah. to kill himself. Who like, if you're in high school and you get an Olympic silver medal and that's not enough for you, that means that in your life. An environment has been created where way too much is being asked of you. <laughs> like, oh wow, that's a good point. If I mean, your the brain around him must have been insane. I su- yes, I suppose there's a possibility that he puts that much pressure on himself because I put a lot of pressure on myself. Right. But I would venture a guess that there were people in his life being like, "You have to get a gold. You have to," and that's how he pushed himself so hard to get so good or at a young like- age. But yeah. that's not fair and to a fucking it's not kid. Even that like you know aggressive, but you're just you feel like you're letting those you internalize down. it. Yeah, um, that's insane. And I will say also like it does track that like in high school you do have that. I mean to just be at the Olympic stage in high school. Yeah, and I know that's actually fairly common actually in a lot of like gym gymnastics and stuff like that. Especially like they're like twelve year olds and like thirteen year olds like competing. But you you know you're like national international focus yeah is put on you and it's a lot of pressure and you're also kind of like where do i go from here like i'm a swimmer there's you know 
I can go around talk about my life and I could write books, but it's like right. It's it's really just a game. It's a thing that you do for fun. I mean, there's no real profession. That became of like yeah. so high stakes. Yeah, that's funny yeah. to think. Yeah, I should say just to be clear, I'm not trying to shame his family or coaches or something because I don't know the situation. But I just like I'm just imagining a high pressure situation for a kid that there had to be something about the environment that was stressing him out. And to your oh, point, when you're in high school, you process everything as even more extreme. And it seems, and that's the way that you, your coach pushes you. That's their job to like get you into prime. But I think it's important to note that a bad side effect of pushing someone to try to help them become their best is stress and making like pushing them to think that the stakes here are higher than they actually are, which is like getting a silver medal. is like, well, also (laughs) at this point, what was he out? What's that? At this point, was he out? I don't think so. Yeah, so he was still probably... Pent up. Yeah, you know, like society maybe wasn't totally as cool as it is right now. Also, he's very (laughs) open now. He's 59 years old now, I think. And he's like very open now about how he's always had bad depression and stuff like that. So there was that too when he was young. He like literally just had it. And then also uh, in the closet... And being pushed very hard and pushing himself very hard, I would imagine, thinking that if I get a gold medal, like that's what my family needs, that's what my coach needs. Damn. Damn anyway, dude. I play a lot of Zelda. You're I'm always <laughs> surprised when you have an athlete. Like the Ken Griffey one was big to you too. And I, I'm so stupid as far as sports history to begin with. You know, I am too, but I guess it's like it's especially crazy to me when it's an athlete because you just think of athletes as not having depression well dude they <laughs> always have to keep such a weird public persona especially yeah. if they're a professional athlete right yeah it's so weird like they can't talk they just basically <laughs> have to like give like these scripted lines almost yeah you know and you, you like and it's to be like positive and i think that's actually really cool like uh, in, a, in a sense of um they really try and make it like about almost like charity or positivity like that way athletes can like go to schools, go to hospitals, and it's there's no, like, weird politics around it or yeah. something. But, I mean, I think it also kind of denies, like, a person a very basic right, which is just freedom of expression, you know? And it's like, yeah. You know, you gotta... <laughs> Gotta let these athletes just say whatever we want, man. <laughs> yeah, come on, dude. Come on, I mean, dude. it is weird. There's just something about the toughness of being an athlete, I think, that everyone around it thinks you got to maintain that tough thing. And this world perceives having any mental health issue as not tough. Yeah. But it is, I mean, it's tough as fuck to admit it and deal with it is even more tough. And like, that's why it's cool that Ken Griffey Jr. Came out and that he's saying it. Apparently Terrell Owens has attempted suicide a couple times. Oh really? Who was like, I think a running back. I think so. Um, yeah. Yeah. He anyway, that, he had that kind of uh, career. <laughs> yeah. All right, dude. I got, dude, what'd you do to your leg? I smashed it on a pallet at work. Oh, Jesus. It sucked, dude. It hurts. That does not look good. <laughs> no, nah, dude. But All right, guys. If you donate closely, to the Patreon so Dave can <laughs> go to the doctor. Here's the cool thing, though. If you look closely, you can see the Virgin Mary in the scar. <laughs> <laughs> Check it out, dude. <laughs> okay, I got, I got two more attempts, dude. Um, this one's crazy. Um, in, in the year 1958, uh, it was this guy's wedding night. He got insanely drunk on his wedding night. He had just, uh, he was engaged to one woman and then that fell through. And so this is like not long after he's about to marry another woman. Hmm. He got insanely drunk on his wedding night and started running around and yelling, why can't I be with the woman I love? at his wedding to this new woman. Oh, awesome. And then he he found a gun and just held it to his head in front of his friends, like feet away from them. And a good friend of his jumped on him, tackled him, wrestled him to the ground, and held him down and pulled the gun out of his hands. And then this guy got away from his friend who was holding him down, jumped into a car, and tried to drive the car off a cliff and kill himself. Matthew McConaughey. And was just so... (laughs) No, that was Sammy Davis Jr. Awesome! 
Holy shit. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Dude, I love it when it's so perfect for the person. <laughs> I know. That's awesome. Know. And okay, here's the here's the other details about the story. So the woman he was going to marry was Kim Novak, and they were deeply in love. She was a big Hollywood yeah. actor at the time, uh, and she was white. Okay. And uh, she was under contract at Columbia Studios, and the guy, the the exec or whatever who ran Columbia Studios was Harry Cohn, was his name. He was worried that in 1958, an interracial relationship between one of their studio actresses Jeez. and a black man, obviously, would sort of destroy the studio's reputation. So Harry Cohn had mafia friends and he basically hired the mafia to intimidate Sammy Davis Jr. Fuck. So his like one of his like yeah. mafia boss friends was Johnny Roselli. Johnny Roselli had Sammy Davis Jr. kidnapped Whoa. for a few hours to fuck with him. And while he was kidnapped, they threatened to take his eye out if he didn't marry a black woman within 48 hours. That was their, They didn't even say, don't marry her. They wow. said, marry a fucking black woman. So Sammy Davis Jr. Any? What's Just that? Any black woman? Yes, that's what they said. <laughs> oh. So he was so freaked out that he okay. offered this black actress, Lorraine White, $10,000 to marry him. And that was the wedding he was at where he got drunk and screamed oh, and tried to kill himself. Fuck. I know, dude. Dude, like complete shotgun wedding. <laughs> no shit. Yeah. And then Doesn't they did get married. get married and they were married for nine months before they got divorced. Wow. Yeah. Jesus Christ. No shit, dude. So did Sammy Davis ever, <laughs> Is he okay? <laughs> is he okay now? <laughs> did um, he ever get you know through it? <laughs> I mean, he got through it in the sense that he yeah. ended up having like four or five different marriages and a lot of alcohol and depression problems. You the know? candy man did? <laughs> Sorry, dude. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. Um man, that sucks. I think he actually has like a, he had a glass eye or something. Oh, he did? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was take his other eye out. That's what oh, it was. Oh, really? They were going to uh, blind him entirely. Yeah. Dude, the mafia is so mean. <laughs> I know. Why did they say that? <laughs> Why did they do Making that? Making fun of him for the eye stuff? Not dude, that's cool. fucking nuts. Yeah. I mean, they were right. <laughs> no, I'm on their side. <laughs> I mean, they made sense. Wow, that's fucking nuts. Yeah, it's so tough. He when was a real like fucking pioneer of oh. just establishing like dude how good do you have to be as an entertainer in the 50s to be a part of the rat pack and be black <laughs> you know what i mean like frank sinatra do anything, also yeah. has mob connections he's like a dancer comedian singer like he's incredible actor. dude yeah he's awesome he was fucking incredible he was so funny i mean like so funny and uh, yeah. it's so fucked up when like we talk so much about suicide on the show and then and then sometime when there's like, if we talk about anything before a certain period, there's a pretty big chance that one of the reasons that they had difficulty in their life was either racism or homophobia. <laughs> and like when that's a part of it, it's so tough because it's like, well, yep, <laughs> <You know? Yeah. laughs> that's hard. Fuck. Well, the industry couldn't mm -hmm. handle the uh, the very famous All in the Family episode where <laughs> Archie Bunker, of course, is tricked into <laughs> kissing him and... Of course, from there, a relationship blossomed. <laughs> <laughs> and Sammy Davis Jr. and Carol O'Connor, who played Archie Bunker on All in the Family, well, they kept kissing, Dave. It went on for years. I didn't know this. Years of private kissing. Private kissing. And the the new Hampton Young album. The industry could not handle a straight, white, Protestant man <laughs> engaging in kissing. <laughs> With the Jewish dude, black I, man. I love how you're saying this because it is so funny that like basically uh, what homophobia is dude. is that grown-ups cannot handle other grown-ups kissing. <laughs> if Can you believe they kiss and they live together and they're in love? Can you believe that? Yeah, they have granite countertops, those gay men. How oh, could they? <laughs> oh my god, I fucking Can you believe it with Jonathan Fricks? <laughs> <laughs> Straight Ripley's, believe it or not. Can you believe it? <laughs> this man and this other man, 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 they go to Best Buy and they hold hands. Can you believe it? Yeah, it's really crazy. I know that's the thing. It's like it's so weird that Sammy Davis Jr. is like just happens to be one of these people that like establishes like black people in Hollywood, basically. Yeah. Like it's odd. Like the heroes that get sent your way. Right. Like, you know, it's hard to say. He has a complicated history. He has like exactly. He's like 
totally like mafiaed up with like Sinatra. Yeah. Like Sinatra's got mafia connections. This other guy like has uh, mafia connections at like Columbia. That, so it's like gang warfare over the fact that like you, you know want to fuck someone or yeah, like, dude. you know, get married and be happy. Yeah. The worst, you know, it's like people who are ma- mad about like interracial marriage or gay marriage or any sort of marriage. You're just mad about cake. You're mad that other people are going to dance and enjoy cake. And that is maybe the gayest thing possible. <laughs> yeah, you're mad at if you're other racist, people having you're a party. <laughs> oh, they're going to have a party and kiss. <laughs> Be happy. <laughs> it's so funny that it's kissing too. It's like kissing. ew, they're kissing. Ew, ew anything. Yeah. All right, this is the last one I got, dude. For well, this, listen, all kissing sucks. So, okay. ever think about that? <laughs> I have thought. Okay, good point. <laughs> Maybe all kissing's gross. <laughs> have you ever watched um, anyone kiss? It's gross. Okay, so this guy was born in 1958. At eight years old, his father died of a brain tumor. He graduated Oops. high school at age 17. He then went to Kent State University. Uh, he joined the Delta Tau Delta fraternity. He went to Kent State for three years, uh, where he was expelled twice for bad grades. Um, and while... yeah, Once for shooting up the school. <laughs> while he was at Kent State University, when he was 18 years old, he attempted suicide by overdosing on sleeping pills. Then, after he was expelled the second time and he left Kent State, he joined the Marines. He served as a field operator uh, in the 25th Marine Regiment in Ohio, and during that time, attempted suicide a second time by overdosing on sleeping pills. Oh, boy. And that was Drew Carey. Oh, shit. <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Wait, whose line is it anyway? <laughs> yeah, exactly. What? Seems like the price was right. Oh, damn it. <laughs> Uh, actually, wrong. Seems like the price is very wrong. No, I. Wow, man, that dude. He seems. So, I think we've talked about this in private. Like, I love him so much. I love Drew Carey, and I think yeah. like he's a very real guy. One of the the reason I wanted to end on him is that he is super open about his depression problems mm-hmm. and suicide, and he has the fucking coolest attitude about it. Yeah, he like he's been through all of it, man. You know what I found out before he got prices right. <laughs> A friend of mine, we were at an open mic, and they were like, they were like, dude, I'm taking sketch writing class at UCB, and oh, Drew yeah. Carey's in my fucking class. I heard about that. And the teacher was like, literally asked him why he was there, and he said, well, I'm always trying to grow as a comedian. Yeah. <laughs> what, dude? He'd already had his own sitcom. <laughs> <laughs> it's a sketch writing class? Yeah. I mean, you know, he sold like oddly like a bunch of other shows and stuff. Like yeah. I think he made like uh well, he basically brought Whose Line Is It Anyway to the United States, but then also he made like a green screen sketch show that never really took never off went anywhere. And I can imagine if you've already had two other shows, you have like other pilots that just never of course get that far. Like I totally believe him. Well, be he like, has Yeah, maybe I want to make a sketch show. Maybe I want to make the next SNL. Tell me how to do it. That's <laughs> Such a cool approach, dude. Also, I mean, you know, his he has an HBO it. special that's great. His first late night is one of the best yeah. fucking I think it's Letterman. It's like one of the best late night. The sitcom is really good. Oh. It's dude. way ahead of its time. I love also, it. like basically it is all about SJWs, a lot of the show. Is it? Yeah, a little bit. Like I don't remember in that. the beginning. Like the first story arc, I think, is that Drew posts like an inappropriate, like, um, like joke on oh. his desk, and then somebody has a problem with it because it's like kind of sexual. Oh, it's Mimi, right? I think that's where it goes. I'd have to huh. rewatch, and yeah, yeah, it's like it's like this whole thing, and like they're they're really also, they talking invented a lot about four loco. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Buzz Beer was four loco. Basically. It was. Hell yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I just remember they were talking a lot about, like, you know, what does the modern workplace look like? Yeah. Is kind of the focus. Yeah. So a lot of, like, jokes about sexuality and, like, you know, not being able to make fun of somebody for, like, their appearance or something like that. But then they're flip Like, she's calling Drew a pig the yeah. whole time. Yes. <laughs> like, you know, but, like, he can't really get away with much on her. I don't know. I think that was my interpretation of the show. Interesting. That's so funny. I never really picked that up. It just seemed like a workplace and friend group comedy, and I just, when I was a kid, it was, like, the sitcom I would run home to watch. That yeah. and Seinfeld, obviously, but I, but, oh, and news radio. But there was a period of time where I would have said, 
Drew Carey show was better than Seinfeld and news radio. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And there was a great episode where, um, his his wife had left him because he's too fat. Basically, oh my God. his fiance. Mm-hmm. Like he, the whole episode, like centers around like there's a sex tape. But then when he actually <laughs> watch, like the whole thing is he has to get it because then when he gets it back and he watches it alone, it's his wife being like, "I can't do this anymore. Like Whoa. I'm just disgusted with myself. I'm disgusted <laughs> with you. And like I I want to leave." And like Drew just like watching it in silence and like crying. <laughs> Whoa! I don't like need to go back and watch this fucking show, dude. Shit. Yeah, and the, oh, and I love that there oh, were like high concept episodes where they're like dancing. It's a musical. Oh yeah, it like, was like one of the first ones that incorporated shit like, like that. that. Weird arty yeah. cutaways. Yeah. Also, there was this thing where like he was trying to start a small business. He, well, you already mentioned it. He uh, he came up with the idea to put coffee and beer, and then they started selling it. And then uh, there was an element of the show that like the popularity of the beer slowly grew. Yeah. As the seasons went on, which I thought was really interesting that mm-hmm. they just showed like how hard it is to make <laughs> it as a small business. Yeah. It was very weird. I thought that was awesome. And uh, then there's that season where he basically, I think he quits his job and he becomes like a musician because he can play the accordion and he's like a good singer. Oh, yeah. But he's like only good enough that his band like like can play like an airport bar yes and like they can never really get anything going <laughs> and it's this whole thing of like he starts dating this woman that like kind of likes him because he can play yeah. but then this whole thing he's like this is like as far as i can really go with this level of talent <laughs> like it's a very real <laughs> wow. like, conversation about being an artist <laughs> and like knowing your limits or you're like yeah but um i'm getting old and i'm you know playing at this airport bar and oh shit i can get my old job back like oh fuck i'll do it like yeah exactly Yeah, it kind of tapered off towards the end, but that was a great show. There are some great quotes from him about mental health. Uh, He said at one point, he said, there's a reason we want attention all the time. Living in Hollywood, you can get disconnected from everybody. You can feel like you're the only one. So you feel it, you hold it in and you don't let it go and you don't try to find help because you think, oh man, if I tell anybody, I'm going to seem like I'm weak. I won't get a movie deal. I won't get invited to whatever goes through your head. Wow. And then in that same interview, they asked him about how he felt about... It was around the time Owen Wilson tried to kill himself. Whoa. And he said... They're going um, to Drew? (laughs) Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, And he said, this is going to sound cold, but I wasn't reading the paper going, oh, poor guy. I was thinking, I hope he's learning what he's supposed to be learning from this whole experience and not wasting the opportunity to learn. Amazing. <laughs> this is yeah, that's what made me want to end the podcast talking about him. Wow. He said about getting better, mm-hmm. he literally said this. I learned how to believe in myself, learned how to set goals, you know? Yeah. Self-help books, man. I just read every single one I can get a hold of and I still do. I read that <laughs> stuff all the time still. I'm oh. always coming out bigger, better, stronger <laughs> and happier. Oh, dope. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. I've re- I've really been trying to transition uh, over the last week um thinking uh, where, you know, usually everything's like a win or lose and I'm trying to phrase it win or learn. Oh. And it's just, you know, what did I learn? I love it. If it didn't work out and what am I constantly learning more often than winning, right? Like, <laughs> dude, win or learn. I feel like that's, that's like a Yogi Berra level <laughs> profound quote. It's Winter definitely learn. from sports, right? Nope, I you mean, said it first. <laughs> <laughs> I think I was watching some sports stuff and I was just thinking about it. Um, yeah, I don't know. And uh, trying to just not blame myself, you know, and like yeah. exactly like taking things as uh, I'm not good enough and I'm like not as good better. as this person. Oh, sure. Yeah, exactly. It's just like... This, this putting yourself in competition with other people. Like, that's why it's really crushing to a kid where it's like, you lost. You know, there is no second place. There's win, and then there's everyone fucking else. Yeah. And it's like, it's, well, it, maybe it was your day to do well today. And right. maybe it'll be someone else's day to do well. And, you know, right. the, how that's going to happen is you constantly are walking away from stuff where it sucked and it didn't work out. Yeah. But what did you learn from that? Yeah. And where do you go forward? Dude, the people upstairs like <laughs> just threw someone into a pile driver. Yeah, they're right up bowling on right now, it hysterical. sounds like. <laughs> Damn, I love that That's attitude, man. It's funny. It's similar to something I've been thinking lately, which is giving... I've been, um, in promoting the album, I've been doing a lot of other podcasts. 
And I forgot before I signed on for that how uh, draining it is to talk for an hour. And I'm doing multiple in a day. Yeah. So I'm getting really exhausted. And also a lot of them, the interviews go deep. So I'm, it's, mm. I have been feeling very insecure lately mm. because it drains me and I'm talking about like vulnerable things and you combine those two things and I'm just sort of like, did I say something weird? Am I being weird? And in that, I've really been trying to be like, you know, you're not going to kill every interview you ever do. Yeah. And like you said, just because I did poorly on something or maybe just wasn't that interesting, that doesn't mean I'm a piece of shit. It just <laughs> means that maybe that wasn't my day. And maybe you learned mm -hmm. to not do the interviews back to back like that Ex for the next time. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Be good to so myself. Yeah, dude, I, that's that's really great, man. Let's all stay positive out there. Absolutely. Yeah, we love <laughs> you guys. Stay positive out there, folks. Uh, you guys are great. Uh, Thank thanks, you so much for listening. Thanks for listening. Thanks for joining the Facebook group and talking with each other and being open about your own experiences. And uh, we're happy to go out and see you guys. We're going to be coming to New, New York September 11th. Houston September 28th. Which uh, is my fucking birthday, dude. So you better <laughs> come, dude. Dates are sporadically in between there. A big one I have to definitely push again is the Richmond, Virginia, September 8th. I'm still lining it 98. up, so I believe it'll be there by the time this episode drops. And it, then also oh, in will. L.A., I'm doing this live movie riff at the Dynasty Typewriter Theater, September 21st, with Jonah Ray and Baron Vaughn. We're going to watch a really bad movie and make fun of it, and it's going to be fucking wild and super fun. So please come out, so September yeah, 21st. Dates up um, at HamptonUnit.com. And we got uh, bonus episodes on our Patreon, patreon.com slash suicidebuddies. This week uh, is a week for a solo buddy, so $10 patrons and up get an episode of me ranting alone about <laughs> myself <laughs> uh you guys are the best fans ever we will see you in new york or in houston or on the next episode glad you're alive bye bye thank you guys so much for listening to suicide buddies remember we tell jokes about suicide and suicidal thoughts on this show because we've been there and that's how we deal with it not because we literally think someone killing themselves is funny we do not we do not think that we want everyone to stay here with us on Earth. So if you're experiencing suicidal thoughts, contemplating suicide, please reach out to people. You are loved in this world. You can always call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-TALK. They're a great resource. They know what you're going through, and they will hear you. Thanks again for listening to the show, and we'll see you next time. Podcast Network.